So we're in a sermon series, we're wrapping it up today through our Advent season, Christmas season, called, called Christmas Playlist. And we looked at a number of different carols that kind of gave us the jumping off point for our sermon series. And so we started with O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and we talked about the messianic hope that the Messiah was coming. Mary, did you know it was God was in the waiting? Hark the herald angels sing. We said we could be angel-like in that we point people to Jesus and worship and praise our Lord. Last week was joy to the world. We said when we know Jesus, we can have joy, 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 joy down in our heart. Thank you. Yes. Down in our heart to stay. Last Sunday after, I, I don't know where Dean is. Where's Dean? Last, there's Dean. Last Sunday after that sermon, you know, and I was singing that old song, um, Dean sent me two texts. And the first text was, and if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. And that was the second text. Dean sent me a second text. just said, ouch. You know, so if you know that children's song, you remember that. So that's where we were last. So this week, this week, this week, the carol for this week is one that we've sang, Oh, Come All You Faithful. And my question for us this week is then, what does that mean, Oh, Come All You Faithful? What does it mean to be faithful coming through the year we've had and the uncertainty in the year ahead of us? What is that, oh, come all ye faithful mindset, oh, come all ye faithful lifestyle? What does that look like? As we move forward into year 2022, pandemic, no pandemic, what's going to happen? No one knows. As we move forward, how does that, how does, oh, come all you, oh, come all ye faithful, how does that play out in our lives, in our everyday lives? Well, that's the question we're going to tackle. I read this poem every time December 26 falls on a Sunday. And so, uh, if you were here, I can't remember, I didn't look back to see when it happened last time, but here it is this time, December 26th is today, it won't happen again until 2027, so, you know, in six years you can come back, you'll hear this poem one more time. Are you ready? "'Twas the day after Christmas, and all through the house, every creature was hurting, even the mouse. The toys were all broken, their batteries dead, Santa's passed out with some ice on his head." Wrapping and ribbons just covered the floor while upstairs the family continued to snore. And I in my t-shirt, new Reeboks and jeans, I went to the kitchen and started to clean. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the sink to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the curtains, threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a little white truck with an oversized mirror. The driver was smiling so lively and grand. The patch on his jacket said, U.S. Postman. Bill after bill after bill they came. Whistling and shouting, he called them by name. Now MasterCard, Visa, Penny, and Sears. This poem was written before Sears shut down. Now MasterCard, Visa, Penny, and Sears. There's Macy and Meyer. It brought it me to tears. To the tip of your limit, every store, every mall. Now charge away, charge away, charge away all. He whooped and he whistled as he finished his work. He filled up the box and turned with a jerk. He sprang to his truck and drove down the road, driving much faster with just half a load. Then I heard him exclaim as he, with great holiday cheer, enjoy what you got, you'll be paying all year. There you go. Oh, stop that. All right, it was the day after Christmas. Hopefully you had a good Christmas Yesterday, is anyone wearing some new Christmas sweater? I got an old sweater, got old pants, got whatever. I could have worn, I could have worn my, my Detroit Pistons uh, sweatshirt that I got, or my Michigan shirt, but it's a little chilly to wear that one. So anyway, here we go. 
What does it mean to be, oh, come all you faithful in this year? What does it mean when there's craziness all around us? When we're uncertain of what the future might hold? How can we live an oh, come all ye faithful life? Well, of course, there's help in God's word. And I'm going to read, there's a passage in the largest, the longest chapter in the Bible, the 119th Psalm. And buried in the 119th Psalm is a prayer. A prayer that speaks into to keeping our focus when things are going crazy around us. Keeping our center when everything is wobbly. Keeping, keeping our eyes fixed on, on the Holy One. This is, this is the way that, that passage reads. It's in verse 35 of that longest chapter, 119th Psalm. The psalmist David says this, Direct me in the paths of your command, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes, and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Turn my eyes away from those things that drag me down. Turn my eyes away from those things that, that, that lead me to places I don't need to go that are not uplifting. Turn my eyes away from those things that do not satisfy. Turn my eyes away from those things that dim my course, that, that cause me to, to lose sight of what's important. And turn and turn my eyes to your way. Turn my eyes to your path. Turn my eyes to your will. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Is that your prayer? Is that your desire? Is that your heart as we move into 2022? It's this, oh, come all ye faithful lifestyle is what we're talking about. Are you chasing after worthless things? If people, if you were to ask your friends or your family, what is your focus? Would they say, well, it's this or that? Would they say worthless things or things of value, things of meaning, things that last? It can be tough sometimes to be faithful when the people around you don't share those values. When the people around you maybe uh, are, are not believers, whether that's at work or school or even in your home. It's hard when you're trying to live a faithful life and, and people even in your own family don't, don't see it that way, don't, don't uh, agree with, with, with your life choices. Sometimes that can be hard. Now, of course, our family's opinions are important. Don't hear me say they're not important. Our family's opinions are important. But God's opinion and God's way is even, is ultimately more important. There's a strange story buried in, in 2 Samuel chapter 6. When David, who is the king, he's, he's become the king of Israel. He's uh, defeated their their foes. He's conquered the, uh, and, and regained Zion, Jerusalem. And in, in chapter 6, he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. This is a huge day. I mean, think of it as, as like, like inaugural event or something like that, a ticker tape parade. This is like the crowning moment. He's been victorious. He's, he's recaptured Jerusalem. He's bringing the Ark of the Covenant back from the enemy. And he's coming into Jerusalem. And this is how the Bible reads in in chapter 6. As the Ark of the Covenant was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from the window. She's also uh, David's wife. Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from the window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, 
She despised him in her heart. Mikael was not happy. And this is not good. You don't want, you know, when mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Mikael is not happy. And Mikael looks at him and says, look at him. Look at what he's doing. He's making a fool of himself. Look at him. Look at him dancing and uh, all the things. Good thing there's not TikTok. This would be just such an embarrassment to the entire family. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look what he's doing. What impresses me about, about David, you know, here it is, this big ticker tape parade day. And he's not worried about his uh, kingliness. That's not even a word. He's not worried about protocol. He's not worried about the... The, 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 the crown. He's not worried about the establishment, his reputation. He's, he's just dancing before the Lord. Now, Mikhail, again, Saul's, Saul's daughter, David's wife, that would make some awkward times, no doubt, you know, they didn't always get along. Mikhail, though, she'd been around palaces. She, she knew how kings were supposed to behave. She knew what it meant to be kingly. And David isn't, David isn't there. See, it, it indicates Saul was really into image, looking the part. David was into substance. I've known some people who've been all about their image, making sure they look good, but deep down, there's, they're not good. David's identity wasn't tied to his position, to his prestige, to, to, to being king. No, his identity was tied to the one who placed him in that spot, God Almighty. And so I'm sure he was a bit frustrated. Here he is coming home, this ticker tape parade day, this great day in his life. And yet his wife is, is really upset. The Bible goes on to read, verse 20, when David returned home to bless his household, he's ready to come home and say, Yahoo, look at what's happened. We've brought the Ark of the Covenant back. Yahoo, isn't this great? When David returned home to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came to meet him and said, and you can see how sarcastic she's going to be, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. Woo-hoo. Disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would do. What in the world are you doing, David? You're acting like a fool, David. Don't you see everyone is around there watching you? Don't you know what's going on, David? How could you do such an embarrassing thing to all of us? But David, 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 he, he understood his focus. Listen to this, his response, verse 21. It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone else from his house when he appointed me to rule over Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate the Lord. I will celebrate before the Lord. I'll become even more undignified than this. You think that was bad? Wait till what else is coming. He said, listen, I'm, my focus is on God Almighty. My focus is, is on worshiping him. And if you don't get it, that's up to you. But here's my focus. It's on God Almighty. That's where my focus is. See, there's a part of spiritual maturity that cares less and less about what others... It cares less and less about Facebook. cares less and less about TikTok. cares less and less about Instagram. cares less and less about Twitter. cares less and less about, about others' opinion and more and more about what God thinks. That's spiritual maturity. Now, I don't know what kind of dancer David was. You know, he's a shepherd. He was a warrior. He played the harp. He probably didn't take tango lessons. Probably it was terrible. I don't know. He probably wouldn't have won, you know, 
any prizes on Dancing with the Stars. He probably wouldn't have got it. I get that. And you know what? I don't think David cared one iota. Why? Because going back to Psalm 119, keep my eyes off of needless things. Who cares about that junk? Keep my eyes focused on what's important. That's where David is at. In the 63rd Psalm, he kind of addresses it even more. He says this, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Have you been feeling like it's been a dry and weary land? You get where David's coming from? He says, oh, Lord, I need you, I need you, I need you. And he goes on to say, but I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. No matter what else is going on around me, I may be in the dry and thirsty land, but the one thing I know is God Almighty is in control and I will praise him as long as I live, as long as I have breath. I'm going to keep on praising, keep on praising. Doesn't matter what others may think, doesn't matter even what my wife may think, I am going to praise God Almighty. That's where David's coming from. Oh, I want to be like that. All right, well, it was the day after Christmas. We need to get back to the Christmas story. Remember, sometimes we talk about the we three kings. Well, they weren't really kings. They certainly weren't like kings like like David was a king. But it seems like they have that same mindset. That same Psalm 63 mindset. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. That's what they were about. Remember the, 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 the wise men, the magi, they were following the star. No GPS, no turn-by-turn instructions. And they get to Jerusalem, crazy King Herod, who tells them, tells them you know, you find the, you find the baby, let, let me know, because I want to worship him too. And they didn't believe that cockamamie story one bit. And so they, they went off and, and, you know, they found out where it is, Bethlehem, goes down Bethlehem, and this is how Matthew 2 says. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house and they saw the child and his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him and when they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh the wise men were an interesting group we don't know a whole 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 lot about them every single year I mean every year probably since whenever email was invented every year for the last 20 years or whatever it's been I get the same email I got it this year don't remember who sent it to me every year this is what the email reads. If the wise men would have been women instead of wise women instead of wise men, they would have asked for directions, arrived on time, helped deliver the baby, cleaned the stable, made a casserole, brought practical gifts. Har, 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 har. I'm offend- I was offended by that 15 years ago and I'm still offended this year. Every year I get it. We don't know a lot about the wise men. We don't know where exactly they're from. We don't know uh, exactly what, what, uh, where they went afterwards. We don't know the rest of the story about them. They left. We know they didn't go to Jerusalem. We know that. There's speculation on where they're from. Speculation. They've, we've given them names down through the years. Of course, we've sang songs. We three kings. We, we get all that. The Bible record. That's all we know for sure, right? What's in the Bible. And the Bible record tells us that wherever their home region was, they saw a star. And that, that star proclaimed to them that, that all of heaven was declaring that a king was born. And so they took off after that star. 
Now, I was not an astronomy major. I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know stars. I can find the Big Dipper, maybe, the Little Dipper. That's about it. That's the extent of my astronomy lessons. But I know this about stars. Stars don't move. We move. I talked about that on Christmas Eve. You know, we rotate, we spin. Stars, 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 they stay put. But, but Matthew tells us, in the verse just before the one I read to you, it says that, that the star went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. The stars don't move. Matthew says that star stopped. What's going on here? Listen, I don't know. I know this. I've already believed in the virgin birth and I believe that shepherds talk to angels and I believe that, that God Almighty was born in a barn so I guess it's not a big leap to think that the star or whatever it was, maybe a spotlight, maybe God just put in a spotlight. Some scientists, they've tried to say, well, there's Halley's Comet was going around the earth in 7 BC, maybe it was that, or Jupiter and Saturn lined up in 6 BC, maybe it was that, or Saturn and one of its moons lined up, maybe it was that, maybe, maybe... All I know is, if God Almighty wanted there to be a light in the sky that, that, that led these wise men right to Jesus, that flipped on, flipped off like a switch, whatever, okay, I believe it. So these wise men, they get there, living out, really, this 63rd Psalm, Oh God, my God, I earnestly search for you. Living out, we could say living out, Oh come all you faithful, Right? And they go to Jerusalem and they talk to the experts there. Where's the baby going to be born? The baby's going to be born in Bethlehem. They go down to Bethlehem. Probably not in the nativity scene like your king's in the nativity scene. Probably not then. Probably toddler Jesus, not baby Jesus. And when they find him, the Bible says what? They're overjoyed. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Thank you, Dean. And it's interesting Giving and worship often goes hand in hand. You know, we just are in the midst, toward the end now of this imagined season. And, and we'll be, here's your commercial, January 9th. We're going to be celebrating. We'll be talking where we're at. But here, these, these wise men, the Magi come and they see, they worship and they give. Often that's the way it works. It's hard to praise Jesus with closed fists. It's hard to be thankful for all of God's blessings and say, okay, I've got all these blessings, now I'm going to hoard them for myself. No, generosity flows out of God's blessings. And generosity is what's uh, uh, at the heart of all of that. And generosity is, is giving to others. And that's what the wise men displayed here. God has blessed us. We're passing on that blessing. That's what this whole Imagine uh, initiative has done. And by the way, it's not too late. You can contribute to that. Uh, we're close, we're close, we're close, we're close, we're close. Uh, God has blessed in great, wonderful ways. We're going to celebrate it January 9th. Okay, in the commercial. In the Magi, like David. In Psalm, Psalm 119, you know, help me not to see worthless things. Keep me focused. Like David, I don't care what everybody else thinks, even my family thinks, even what King Herod thinks. Keep me focused. Like in the, like in the 63rd Psalm, Search me, O oh God, I earnestly seek you, and when I find you, I will rejoice. Do people see that in you? Oh, come all you faithful. Do they recognize God's working in your life? My niece, Ashley, my brother's daughter, uh, she lives in Los Angeles now. She works in a high school in Los Angeles. Um, a few years ago, she was working in Chicago, a social worker in one of the toughest high schools in Chicago. It's a, it was a school where when kids were bad, 
when kids uh, uh, misbehaved and they had to kick them out of regular high school, they sent them to her high school. And she was the social worker. And so nearly all the kids were troubled. And, and uh, the, the mode of communication was usually curse words, both from student to student, but also student and teacher to student. It was just the, the way things were. And if they weren't fighting uh, physically, there were, there was, it seemed like everyone was always on the edge verbally. And, and my niece, Ashley. Well, in one class, she's teaching. And she had to correct a student. And the student just lit into her. I mean, just started cussing, 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 and just ripping into her. And midway in his tirade, he stopped. It was like the the wheels were going on in his head. And he said, wait a minute. You never talk to us like I've been talking to you. Why don't you talk to us the way I've been talking to you? Now, this is a public school. This is, you know, she didn't, she didn't get out her big King James and, you know, beat him over her head. There was no Bible verses plastered on the wall. Nothing like that. This is a kid who's been troubled, a kid who's been spoken to through, through uh, you know, uh, harsh verbally and has been intimidated verbally and probably intimidated physically. And now he's in this tirade, but in the middle, the wheels are going on us. And it was, wait a minute, I'm yelling at this teacher who's never spoken to me the way everybody else speaks to me. What's going on? And Ashley says, well, again, she didn't quote a Bible verse. She simply said, well, I talked to you the way I want you to talk to me. That's all she said. That's not chapter and verse. You can't find that in the Bible anywhere. I talk to you the way I want you to talk to me. And this kid, who moments earlier was in this verbal tirade, looked at Ashley and said, what are you, some kind of female Jesus or something? And I say, all right, Ashley, score one for Jesus. I guess my question is, when people see you, your actions, your behaviors, the way things are, what you post on social media, would they conclude, are you some kind of Jesus or something? Are you the type of person that is like Jesus? That's, that's the question. There's a couple of psychologists. Uh, their names were William Samuelson and Richard Zackenhauser. This was decades ago. They came up with a theory they were uh, called the status quo bias. And simply put, the status quo bias is that most people keep doing what they've been doing without much thought to it. Status quo bias. Most people keep doing what they've been doing without much thought. And you know how that works. It's true around here, you know. Uh, uh, if you are, are this side people, you probably sit on this side all the time. You find your seat, probably sitting in the same seat you sat in last week. If you're this side people, you sit in the same seat, you know, it's just kind of, that's your seat. Somebody sits in your seat, uh, watch out. You know, you balcony people, you're, you're up in the balcony. You're probably in the balcony last week. You folks at home, you're probably, you know, you're home, you're home, you're home. Praise the Lord, we're glad you're with us. So that's the status quo bias. People just tend to do what they have always done. That's just the, 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 the way that that works. And now there's, there's some downsides to, 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 to that, I guess, that we're creatures of habit. 
if we keep doing what we've always done, we're going to keep getting what we've always got. And if we move in, as we move into 2022, if we want to see things different, if we need to see changes in our, in our lives, in our families, if we keep doing what we've always done, we'll always get what we've always got. But maybe, just maybe, we need to recalibrate. It's, it's using this philosophy, this prayer of Psalm 119. Turn my eyes away from needless things. I don't want to keep looking at needless things. I want to be focused on you. It's, it's David in 2 Samuel 6 saying, you know what? Even if no one goes with me, like that old chorus, right? If none go with me, still I will follow. Doesn't matter, who's, doesn't matter who is the naysayers around me. I'm going to follow after Jesus. It's this 63rd Psalm saying, God, oh my God, I'm going to earnestly seek after you. Now, I don't know if you're a resolution guy or gal or not. There's nothing, you know, there's, there, there's no big thing that happens at, at uh, midnight on December 31st. Hopefully we'll be celebrating Michigan win. Hopefully that. There we go. But, you know, there's nothing magical when the calendar flips over. But it's always a good time. I think this time of year is a good time to, to think about where we're at. To recalibrate. To say, Lord, I want to serve. I want to follow after you. I want nothing to the left, nothing to the right. I want Jesus as my focus and my center. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, oh, come all you faithful. Let me be that faithful one. You know, we ran through those 101 names or whatever it was. There's some faithful people on that list. You know, Thurman Jones was on that list. Thurman Jones ordained the elder in the Church of the Nazarene. He was faithful. I don't know how many people Thurman Jones led to the Lord. Betty Falls, she's a missionary. She's a missionary. Served, served the Lord for years. She was a missionary even in the senior place where she was. You know, she was always telling people about Jesus. We need to be the type of people that when our name is scrolling on the list... I don't know much about that person, but I know this. They love Jesus. I know this. They serve Jesus. When the world was going crazy around them, people said, are you, are you kind of some kind of female version of Jesus? Are you some kind of Jesus? That's what I want them to say. I want them to say, you know what? That person is following after Jesus. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't just happen. It happens when we say, Jesus, you've got to work in me. You've got to move in me. And I want to I keep my eyes off of needless things and keep me focused on you. Even if none go with me, still I will follow. Oh God, my God, I want to earnestly seek after you. Let me be faithful. Let, me, let others see you at work in me. That's what we're talking about.